Hey guys, it's Alexis J here with Lex Talk About It. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode. I believe this is episode 38. Um, it's been a few weeks since me and Jay dropped our last episode, and my co-host is not here today, but I am co-hosting along with a good friend of mine hey. who I'll introduce in a second, but this is um, just a quick reminder that you can find us only on Spotify now. Apple Music be playing, Apple Podcasts app be playing, so I'm trying to get this exclusively on Spotify, and also, of course, on YouTube. You can find us on LexTalkAboutIt.com and Let's Talk About It Podcast on Instagram, so we'll get right into today's show with my lovely, lovely guest. She's a friend of mine. Hey. We used to work together when I was <laughs> living in West Virginia, and if you've been listening to the podcast um, for a while, you've heard me chronicle some of my tales <laughs> in WV, but I won't shit on it too much because that's actually where she's from. <laughs> yeah. Born and raised in West Virginia, and she's currently freelancing. She has her own blog. Um, I shouted out Patrice of Man a few weeks ago, and I hinted that she would be coming on the show. So today is that day. So she has a blog, a vlog, and her own podcast. (laughs) So we're going to get into uh, career switches, which we've both been through, pivoting in our careers, um, just trying to figure it out as a young 20-something black millennial in this crazy-ass world, right? Female, yes. yes. Black female millennial, especially. So tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're oh from okay. and what it is that you do. Okay. So I'm from, as you said, West Virginia, born and raised there. Mm. Um, I went to school there, Concord University, communications, studied broadcast communications, um, broadcast journalism. Went straight into the workforce, straight into a newsroom right after uh, graduation, a little bit before graduation, actually. Yeah, you lucked up because you were interning yeah, first, right? And then yeah. they hired you. Yeah, um, that was a blessing at the time because I needed a job. <laughs> you didn't know I- <laughs> it would turn into a curse. <laughs> it was a blessing at the time, yeah. And, you know, went in, did what I had to do, learned a lot about life, myself, the business, um, just moved away from home about a year ago, started traveling with my boyfriend. Mm, travel day. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag travel. <laughs> So travel bay. He uh, is a traveling physical therapist, so we get to move around a lot, which is cool. We get to see tons of different areas, how other people live and everything. It gets how many difficult. places have you lived in the last year? In the last year? Well, I Well, since you left West Virginia. Since I left West Virginia, uh, three going on four. Wow. Because we lived in Greenville, South Carolina, which I recommend for anybody listening to this if you are ever like wanting to have a vacation somewhere and just check out a cool like hipster area good food go to greenville south carolina yeah um we were there and then i also kind of lived in new york with him for a little bit um after i left west virginia we were there for almost a month like so um what part yeah. of New York? Rochester. Where he's oh, from. Okay. Well, he's actually, he's from like the greater Rochester area. What's Rochester? Um, yeah. <laughs> Palmyra. It's oh, like okay. a smaller, like more rural place. They have a, a lot market of farmers. out there. They have a TV market. I think yeah. I applied there before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My birthday. <laughs> Anyways. Continue. Um, And then for the past about nine months, we've been in Tacoma, Washington. Which is right outside of awesome. Seattle, right? Yes. It's about 30 minutes south of Seattle. You don't get the Seattle traffic. You don't get um, the homeless issue in Seattle mm. is unreal. I've never seen anything like really? it. Really? Yes. I've been in New York all kinds of times. And like the homeless people in New York, like they're- I don't know if they it's because they blend your- in. I don't- Because I, I said it. the same thing because me and Jay came back from LA and it was- rampant like yeah people setting up tents on the sidewalk yeah. type time and people are just mm-hmm. walking around them it's just like a normal thing yeah. and i was like i don't know if it's because la or maybe even tacoma or seattle is 
more spaced out. So you're driving down the street and you notice it more instead of like New York where everything's so crowded. And the, yeah. you know what I mean? So you might not pay attention to how many people are actually homeless. I don't know, but it's, or maybe it's just like a West thing. Maybe it is because the, the weather is better there. That's so true. maybe people migrate out, out there. More. That's what I mm-hmm. thought. But like one thing that I noticed, like if you're in New York and you, you know, interact with a homeless person, usually it's like a normal encounter or they completely stay like right. doing their own thing. What I noticed in Seattle is that there is a mental health mm. crisis with mm. homeless people out there. Do you like, think it's related it to the cost unreal. of living? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, for we stayed in Tacoma um, outside of Seattle, and our rent was $1,600 a month mm. for a one-bedroom place. Mm. In Seattle, like, you're starting at 2000 right, and going up. Right, right, um, There's just, it's it's unreal. Um, so it's like once you fall behind, it's almost impossible, it's impossible to get back. And there are a lot of jobs, but there's a big, um, you know, gap between the go- the jobs that pay a lot of money to, the, to where you can live, because the cost of living there is really high. Right. Or, like, lower level jobs mm-hmm. where you have to commute the wage two gap hours is just crazy yeah, yeah it's 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 crazy but uh, that's like the one thing that i did not like about that area mm. is how prevalent homelessness was there was there and like did you see like, anybody trying to do anything about it like well you would hear things like on you know on the radio like they're building like all these new housing developments and things like that quote unquote affordable housing yeah but what's affordable <laughs> i don't though? know people say what that shit all the time they say it about pittsburgh all the time affordable housing coming your way and it's like affordable for whom exactly <laughs> exactly for whom and does that mean section eight because if you frame it as section eight then people are turned off by it you know yeah. what i mean it's just it's 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 a weird thing. Yeah. And like, you know, getting back to like the the mental health aspect mm-hmm. of it all, I think the issue there was mental health because you would encounter people that would just be like walking up and down the street screaming for no wow. reason or like yelling at you. And like a, a couple months ago, there was like a knife attack where this homeless man who was clearly out of his mind, whether it be, you know, a mental health issue or drugs. Mm-hmm like slash these people's faces with Do you knives. know that just happened here in Pittsburgh a couple Stop weeks ago? It. A homeless person like stabbed these two women downtown. That's crazy. Yeah. And That's I don't know crazy. what it is about the stabbing. Yeah. I mean, maybe they can't afford a gun, thank God, but like <laughs> how ironic is that the homeless people are just out here slicing niggas up? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get canceled. <laughs> I'm gonna get canceled. (laughs) Anyways, speaking of mental health, you focus a lot on mental health in your podcast, Patrice of Mind, which I love the title, by the way. I love that it like flows with your name. I remember asking you about that. I love it. Asking you what you thought about it. Yeah, yeah. That's the one for sure. Yeah, I think so so too. I think so too. (laughs) Like, I when I I knew when I started traveling with him that my boyfriend's name is Taylor. When I started traveling with Taylor, I knew I wanted to do something to like keep myself like in the mix of like media mm-hmm. and like doing right. something creative. Because to- with our jobs, we had to be oh, for yeah. better or for worse, always yeah, always on the know, always yeah. on the timeline, always knowing what's going on. Yeah, and as you know, if you're a creative person, creating makes you happy. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes you feel like you have your purpose and everything so like when i decided i wanted you know i needed to do something i like thought for months like on what i wanted to talk about because i didn't know what i had something 
you know, significant mm-hmm. to talk about. I remember and my then, first year, I was like, do politics. I was like, you're a oh fucking beast. <laughs> a politics oh man. You'd be breaking shit down for me. And I'm like, girl, tell me who this person is. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to, have, to, well, I would still love to do more right, with politics, can. but it is just, I can't. It stresses me out. And it is a mess. It's, it's a, a mess. mess. <laughs> You're making me want to go home and watch that movie now. I swear. The campaign. I'm gonna try to find it. Yes, I'm going to try to find that movie. But honestly, Will Ferrell was like like, like uh, a fortune teller or something because he was like fucking <laughs> yeah. drunk. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. So anyways, how did you... Okay, oh. so you wanted to know what you wanted to talk about and then you landed yeah. on mental health. How? Well... I have been, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder when I was 13. Wow. Yeah. I know um, that about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still remember the first anxiety attack I ever had. I had no idea what was going on. And you know, when it happened, I was like just doing something completely normal and it felt like I was having a heart attack. Mm. Um, Did you watch Euphoria? No, I have not okay. seen that yet. You would love it. I need to watch it. The girl, it. The, the main character, her name was uh, Rue, but played by Zendaya. Yeah. She had panic attacks all the time. And in turn, it, it ended up getting her hooked on drugs because oh, wow. um, whenever she had one, they gave her something, you know, in her system to calm her down. And she was like, wow, this is the most normal I've ever felt because she yeah. had like severe OCD and anxiety. So when they, you know, piped her up with drugs and, and very young as a yeah. teenager, she got addicted to them because it she felt normal in and being high because if she wasn't high she was just over she was had so much anxiety and she was panicking yeah, I'm and stuff have to watch that. super I've good heard good you things. would love it it's, it's amazing but anyways go ahead um but yeah um was, was diagnosed when i was 13 and something i've dealt with my entire life in some capacity or another i can remember being a little kid and i would have like these little ocd habits like mm, um you would love euphoria really yeah that's exactly i'm what gonna have to watch it yeah, i'm gonna watch it but like when when I was little, I like I was very attached to my parents, and I I'm not afraid to say I slept in the bed with my parents until really? I was like eight years old, <laughs> and that was because I felt like in my head if I wasn't with them and touching them at mm. night they were gonna die mm. and they wouldn't be there in the morning. And it was a really weird like thing that I had, and like even like another one I had um, if I had like a cup of water. And I dropped something in water or any kind of water. I had to get it out immediately or I thought that someone close to me was going to die. Wow. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And like as I got older, like my anxiety like manifested itself in different ways. Like the um, invisible audience thing was a really big thing for me when I was younger. Well, you always think people are looking at you. Mm -hmm. Like all eyes on you, every move you make. And it, it causes you causes you to be very tense and very anxious. Um, And actually, when I was 19 in college, I don't know if I've ever said this on my podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and Exclusive. Yeah. um, I was a sexual assault victim. Oh, my gosh. Um, And it was very difficult afterwards to just get myself together. Yeah. I have become very um, paranoid. Um, very isolated, and I got to a point where I had to be hospitalized mm. for it was only for a couple days because I had gone about three days without sleeping, mm. 
I was in this manic Without episode. Without any no sleep. drugs or anything. No drugs, anything. I was Literally, just, there's an episode. I don't want to keep bringing it back to Euphoria, but there's an episode where really? Rue has a bipolar incident and she like goes into this deep depression and she's like super manic for a couple of days and then she slept for like, or no, she was in the bed. She didn't even sleep for like oh four days God. and she wouldn't pee. She just like refused to go to the bathroom and she ended up getting a kidney infection because that's how much she stayed oh in the bed. Oh my God. Yeah, you love the show. But anyways, I'm super sorry that that happened to you. Uh-huh. And I couldn't imagine dealing with that on top of already having anxiety. Like, yeah. that seems like a major trigger, obviously. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. And it made me for a long time. Well, I started, let me backtrack a little bit. I was going to therapy throughout high school Good. and stuff, too, every now and then, which helped me a lot. And then when, after this happened to me and I had that episode where I wasn't sleeping and they, you know, basically said you need to be watched for a little mm. bit, which I I never, I'll just say I've never contemplated killing myself. Right. I haven't. Right. Um, or actually going through with something like that. Of course, I've thought, oh my God, maybe it'll be better if I wasn't here yeah. or something We've like that. We've all had thoughts We've like that. We've all had thoughts like that, but I never, you know, wanted or taken any action to kill right. myself. But after that happened, my parents came up, they got me, and they were like, you are going to go. Yeah, they were like, you're going to go to therapy. I'm finding a therapist up here. Because I was away, was two hours away from them. Mm-hmm. I was working, I was going to school. They were like, you're going to go to therapy. You're going to find a church right now. Nice. It's like, you need to be around people. You need to be around love and all mm-hmm, this stuff. So, mm-hmm. so I started um, going to therapy um, regularly at that point with this gentleman named John, who's the favorite therapist I've ever had. Really? Yes. And he taught me about you know cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm. And that completely changed my life and how I kind of you know think about my anxiety and how I nice. live with it. Nice. Because there are instance there are times when i get very anxious or times when i'm very nervous about things but it's not to the point where i feel like it controls me mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. it kind of and i saw this really cool video this weekend um well last weekend with bill Hader from saturday night live mm-hmm. and he was talking about his anxiety and he explained it best when he was saying <laughs> I don't know what so yeah like i don't know if they hear that i was going to just keep it going but there's <laughs> like people running up on our on our head or whatever but anyways bill no Hader. but like he says that he wel- he notices his anxiety and he welcomes it and and lives with it like on his shoulder mm. instead of in his face. Mm. Like he he it's a part of him, not something he has to continuously fight. So that's kind of how how I live with it. If I feel myself getting very worked up, feel myself getting very anxious, I'm able to calm myself down and kind of root myself into reality with, you know, certain tools that I've learned through cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, one of those is like knowing what my triggers are, mm-hmm. knowing what causes me like deep anxiety. Um, one of those things is being in a place that I don't know where the exits are. Mm. I don't know how to get out. And if I don't, when I go into a restaurant now or anywhere, I like to look and see where the exits are. Mm-hmm. Just It's just the thing that I know I need to do to make myself feel My better. My dad would never sit in a restaurant with his back to the door. Yeah. He always, like wherever we're sitting, if we sit at a booth, he always wants to be somehow like envision of the door. Yeah. Because he wants to see like who's coming in, who's coming mm-hmm. out. That might be like a, the state trooper in him or whatever. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's funny that you mentioned that. So I like what you said about... Um, let me back up. What did you say? What did you say? You said triggers. 
You said that you don't want to fight it. Say something that you just said again. Rooting myself in reality. Yes. Yes. That's something I have to do a lot. Tell me more about that because that's such a huge thing about anxiety is that it's all these what ifs and what could happen and what if it doesn't work out. And mostly your brain telling you that it won't work out or the worst possible scenario. But rooting yourself in reality is saying you know this could be okay or it's not as bad as you may think it yeah. is so talk, talk a little oh, bit more you're about thinking, that you know when you're anxious you're thinking about the outcome of a situation that, has ne- that hasn't happened that mm-hmm. isn't real exactly so, like when you know there are a couple of things that i do in particular if i'm getting myself worked up and i don't even know what this is called but there's this thing with the five senses you think of the five senses yes. so you have like think of just sit down somewhere pick out five things that you can see Four things that you can touch, mm-hmm. three things that you can smell. Um, what are the other ones? Uh, it's two things that you can. What? Five that you can see, feel, and sen- feel and taste. Taste, but you just go. You go down. Yeah. Until you're, you know, at the end. Until you're at the one thing. Because it makes you present. It makes you present. And another one is you lay on the floor, or you can sit on the couch, and you cut. Ca- you try to feel what is beneath you like you try to Speaking just like to melt oh oopsie it's okay you try to just like melt into w- whatever you're mm. sitting on and it makes you like uh, to me that helps me like catch my breath it helps me like breathe you know more consistently because a lot of the times when you're anxious your shoulders mm-hmm. are up to your ears and you're holding your breath that's what they say like unclench your jaw like that'll yep. make such a difference like roll your shoulders back yep. you know what i mean like all those things you hold in your in your fingers like don't put your hands into a ball like you hold so much tension oh yeah in in those muscles and stuff sometimes you just gotta you just gotta breathe yeah you just gotta breathe but i have i have definitely come a long way I still have my moments where, like, I'm very, you know, I don't want to say high strung, but moments where, like, I'm kind of fighting my anxiety off Mm -hmm. and trying to, you know, keep myself calm. But it's nothing like I was before. I think I've come a long way. And the reason why I started my podcast and my blog was because I would see people you know, talking constantly on on social media about all of these issues they're going through, all this anxiety they have, and they do not know where to get help. Yeah. They don't know who to talk to. They feel alone. And I think that what makes the difference in someone's life that is dealing with a mental illness, whether it be anxiety or depression or, you know, um, OCD disorder, mm-hmm. all that stuff, is knowing that you're not alone. Yeah, and knowing she, that know, somebody else Yeah, has it. knowing someone else is, is living with it, is thriving with it, and, you know, their life is, you know, they're living normal lives. Um, so that's why I wanted to do it. I just wanted to open the conversation. Um, I mm-hmm. had a, a cousin who committed suicide mm-hmm. in 2014. Um, and just to think that someone who, you know, someone who was that close to me um, didn't, see a way out of it did didn't you see, see any signs way. at all were they depressed i didn't openly see any depressed. Signs. obviously they were depressed but were they openly depressed or did you see well he was a, lo- a lot older than me okay um so we weren't like super 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 close mm-hmm. but knowing that someone in my family right. that you know i loved was 
that th- this was going on with them. Right. And they didn't, you know, they didn't have anybody there right. that could say, you know, don't do this. Like, right. I've been through it. You're going to make it through it because suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary mm-hmm, problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all it is. Whatever you are going through, suicide is never the answer. Right. Never. Because you think that there's, like you said, there's no other way out of exactly. whatever it is. And that's never exactly. the Because when you're in a situation or you're in a, in a when you're depressed, you you can't see past mm-hmm. it. It's like it it's foggy. It's like looking through like uh, what are those mirrors? I mean, not mirrors. One of those like windows that's yeah, completely yeah. like stained glass windows. Yeah, and like stuff. you yeah. can't see clearly. Um, but yeah, that's why I wanted to. I just wanted to share my experiences with people. I wanted people to be able to open up to me. I wanted. I just I genuinely wanted to help people i love that so that's why i I, you know started my podcast i wanted to have therapists on Mm -hmm. talking about how you can get better how you can find help a lot of people don't you know try to reach out for help because they don't think they can afford it but mm-hmm. there are other ways you know there i mean it's 2019 you can right. you, you, there are apps. even a podcast i mean there yeah. i listened to the therapy for black girls podcast yeah. you ever heard of that one i, I think you told me about yeah, that one they have episodes on every topic you can possibly think of like every topic you can think of from like family to relationships to jobs to career and it's from a black woman and she interviews black women black women therapists in different specialties like across the country yeah. and it's, it's That's amazing. awesome yeah it's awesome. it is amazing and i'm glad that we're at a place culturally where we can talk it's about it where it's yeah where normal it's, life, almost more, it's getting yeah. there <laughs> I, 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 it's getting there it does scare me a little bit that people are kind of abusing it you know, kind 100%. of saying things for for clout or for attention. Yeah. Exactly. And there are people really, really struggling with it. Um, but I think, you know, moving forward, it's important to just, you know, keep fighting the good fight, right. so to say. It's better than and, not talking about it at all. You oh, know what absolutely. I mean? And, like, also on, on you know, my website, um, I, I talk a lot about mental health and that kind of thing, but also c- talk about real lifestyle life things. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like... Right now, I'm working nine to five, Mm -hmm. like a normal office job. And I feel like a lot of people are ashamed to be working regular nine to fives. Like, it's not cool. It's cool now. Yeah, being an entrepreneur, being your own boss. Like, and that's not what everyone wants. No. But I feel like we need plumbers, fam. Like, if everybody's an entrepreneur, who's going to fix my toilet? Honestly. (laughs) That's what Uh, electricians, like masons. It's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, we were talking about this earlier about how the stability of going to work at, you know, a certain time, getting off at a certain time, and then being able to live your life. And it's healthier. It is. Like, this journalism shit is not healthy because we work these crazy ass hours. Your shift can change at any moment as soon as they say all right we're switching you to saturday through tuesday and you're gonna have to work 2 a.m and you're gonna have it's like and that's the same thing with entrepreneurs like if you're working from home or you're your own boss it's like you're never off the clock Mm -mm. so like those are things to take into consideration before you just quit your job to sell lashes my son (laughs) (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with entrepreneurship and there's nothing wrong with side hustles like i feel like everyone should have a side hustle or two because you and especially in today's economy, you oh, need yeah. multiple forms oh, of income yeah. out here. Oh yeah, you do, you do, you <laughs> definitely do. And but like, I, I just feel like people shouldn't be ashamed if they right. just want to work wanna their work nine in to corporate five. America. Yeah, it's there's cool. nothing wrong with it at all. <laughs> the benefits, yeah, <laughs> benefit packages, Seriously. and all of that. But that's true. So tell me, so 
Um, you talked a lot about like social media and stuff. Since you were diagnosed with anxiety young, before mm. there was even social media, yeah. and now there's so many kids that are suffering from anxiety, oh probably gosh. only from social media oh and cyberbullying. Have that has that uh, triggered you more being on social media or older? And like, do you feel like your mm-hmm. triggers may have changed a little bit? Like, especially like I said, because we are in a business where we always got to be on. We got to yeah. fucking read about all the trauma yeah. and all the yeah. craziness in the world. Does that affect you at all um, in a different way than it did when you were younger? Because it wasn't as prevalent. A little bit. I think some of that just comes with getting older and being more aware of what's like going on in the world. And then in the business that we chose in, in the news industry, you have to be, like you said, plugged in all the time yeah. to what's going on. And that I do not think is healthy it's to be exhausting. plugged into to all the bad stuff that's going on in the world all the time. It is not good for mm-hmm. you. And like for people, I honestly think that you should not be on your cell phone for like two hours up to before you go to bed because you are going, you're putting all these images and all of the, like this nonsense in your head before you even can decompress and go to sleep. And you're waking up with this stuff on your mind. You're waking up And you wake up and I roll over and I turn my phone on and I scroll on Twitter. That's the first thing I did. That's a good point because I've been having crazy dreams lately Mm -hmm. and I couldn't figure out why. And um, I don't know if I, I think I talked about being in therapy on here, but I've been, I mean, I'm like my third therapist or some shit, fourth maybe. So... (laughs) (laughs) I had one in Philly and when I moved back home, she has like, um, it's not Skype, but it's like a FaceTime app that we use. It's like HIPAA regulated, but it's the FaceTime app. So I'm still very much in contact with her, but I was trying to tell her, like, I don't know why I'm having these crazy dreams. Mm -hmm. Like I'm talking insane shit, like shit that don't even make sense. Like stuff from my past and my future. It's just like crazy stuff. And like, why are they, and they were so vivid. And like, when I wake up in the middle of the night, I couldn't go back to sleep because I didn't want to keep dreaming about it. Yeah. And she was saying like, stay off your phone like mm-hmm. right before you go to bed she was like drink some tea yeah like you just your body just like even the light from the tv all that is like telling your brain to react yeah. and well, to we're overstimulated to exactly, exactly way too over, like, overstimulated and like i think the worst thing that you can do and i'm guilty of it is having your phone as your alarm because mm. as soon as you're triggering yeah. yourself to every That's time your phone point. like dings or rings, you have to answer it yeah. immediately. Like yeah. you have to tend to it like as soon as possible. And then and, what like, do you do? You open your app. Yeah, you open. <laughs> you well, first you look at all the notifications yes. that popped up there, yes. and then you go to Twitter, and then you yes. go to Facebook, and you see what dumb shit Trump did today. Yes. Like it's too much and i'm guilty of it as well i'm trying to do better but i just think that moving forward we like something culturally has to change with how we approach social media and how we approach the way we stimulate ourselves i'm kind of just waiting for the day that all these apps just go away because like my black planet came and went myspace came and went this is different though like I know, but is this shit going to be around 10 years from now? Is there going to be Facebook and Twitter and Instagram? In some capacity, I think I think it may be a new app, which doesn't make it any better. I don't know, man. That's a crazy question. That's a, it's just a crazy thing to conceive that there was a before and after social media. Yeah. And like, and we always, you know, millennial, whatever, but we have lived through so many eras yeah. of technology. I mean, before and after the cell phone, before and yeah. after the internet, before yeah. and after social media and shit like that. So it's like for this to be the only reality from here on out is yeah. kind of hard to conceive, yeah. honestly. No, you know what no, I mean? You're, you're totally right. But I think that I heard this on Brilliant Idiots. You watched mm-hmm. that, don't you? or you listened to it. Um, Andrew Schultz said something like he thinks that in the future, 
cell phone use is people are going to look back on the way we use cell phones and social media and think of it the way we look back on like the 60s when people were like smoking when they were pregnant mm. and kids were smoking when they yeah. were young and we're going to know like in the future they're going to know that this was really bad it was killing not, us it was killing us and it really is <laughs> That's it, a good on point. so many levels yeah mental health and then you have just all of this misinformation everywhere oh my god all of this mis- i can Bitch. listen alexis what? i cannot stand <laughs> i cannot stand when people just mm. like share random shit just anything they have without reading the and headline the conspiracy theories uh, that people just people don't believe anything no anything but how can anymore. you believe anything when the shit that most of the stuff that people are sharing is false or fake yeah. or doctor it's like it's yeah. such a fucked up thing but that's why i always preach media literacy like yes. you cannot just keep going to one source for your news yep. you have to go to multiple sources yep. and see what the fuck they said because mm-hmm. working in this shit you know we don't a always get it right right we can only give give the information that we're given which isn't always the full story yeah and somebody might get something before you or somebody might have a source that you don't have and they're always like well this channel said that it was this all right bitch well they got they got a different story <laughs> like it's the, you know yeah. like, that don't mean yeah. we're lying you know right, what i mean exactly. so then it just creates this distrust because people don't understand and i always say this too like media literacy literally should be taught in school because oh, absolutely it's the only product that everybody consumes but you don't know anything about it unless you work in it oh absolutely you don't know how absolutely. it's made you don't know where it came from yep. you don't understand why we chose this headline i hate when people are like oh you know you should have put the name in the headline it's like no if yeah. we put john sue saved the baby from a fire it's different than saying 16 year old kid yeah. saves a baby from a fire you yeah. know what i mean yeah. and people don't understand that you're like oh you discredited him you should put his name in the headline it's like no well you wouldn't fucking click on it because you don't know who the fuck john sue is like people don't understand <laughs> yeah. those kinds of yeah. things oh, and people absolutely. don't understand like click on it and see when it yeah. was made do you even know where to find the date exactly from three years it. ago yeah. like yeah. this link is old well and then people just don't know the difference between what is actually news, news anymore yes, yes. And, and what's like, a blog and what's like yeah. those part- what's an opinion UK. piece yes. what's an opinion yes. piece like yes. and then you have i mean i i used to be a news junkie i would watch cnn all the time mm-hmm. all the time and it's not they're getting trash they're getting they're getting new trash. york times is getting trash new york times is getting some of our like, most trusted shit and like trump is railing motherfuckers like yeah. well, nobody wants to say it but the thing is like they're i feel like all of these mainstream media outlets are moving towards the way of these social media outlets mm-hmm. where they're everyone wants to have it first mm-hmm. no one wants to have it right mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. have there are a ton of really good journalists yeah. out there telling really important stories that need to be told yeah but people don't know how to find them and people don't understand how many hands it goes through before yes. it even gets to yes. you know what i mean like and that's why it's such a battle when you're dealing with editors who you might not agree with or two editors that don't agree with each other mm-hmm. i mean you might turn in a story and it looks totally different by the time the reader yep. gets it you know what i mean and mm-hmm. like i'm the one who talked to the victim i'm yeah. the one who talked to the family yeah. and they're spinning shit and it's it's a lot man yeah. it's a lot and i can understand where the distrust comes from because it's stuff that you don't if you don't understand it and it's you know yeah. everybody's in your ear saying oh the media framed it like this and there are people who you know outlets who do frame stuff for a certain agenda that's absolutely true but oh, that's yeah. not true for all of them and that's why you have to look at multiple sources and just honestly just decide for yourself yeah like see what the facts are the yeah. facts yeah the facts yes <laughs> not opinions not the opinions and decide for yourself i have a perfect example there was the remember like all those like girls were going missing in DC. Oh yeah. You remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. And one but it was like 
say for example, and I I don't have it in front of me, say it happened in 2012. And then maybe like 2015, one girl had went missing. Mm -hmm. And so the police had made, like because of this one girl, they made like some um, list or something to curate all the women that were missing in Mm -hmm. the last like 10 years. Yeah. So then it made it seem like, yeah, a hundred girls were missing at once, and everybody's like, "All oh, these girls." I mean, the fucking Nicki Minaj, not only like, yeah, like, like rappers and people with platforms yeah. were like reposting this picture of this girl that had been missing for like ten years, yeah. and it's like this is not. Everybody's like, "Oh, they're just snatching up babies in the last ten weeks." It's like, no, this is over ten years. Yeah. They just were letting people know that they gathered yeah. them all together, and it's just like stuff like that. People are just so quick to be outraged yeah. about it. I mean, when's the oh last time we heard God. about what was that shit that was happening in Africa? Bring back our girls. Oh yeah, <laughs> remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah, bring back our girls. Remember that? When the last time we heard about that shit? Yeah. Like people just want to be so outraged yes, about stuff, the and then outrage. you totally fucking forget about it. Oh yeah, the outrage culture and the cancel culture. Obnoxious. It's so obnoxious. Like, obnoxious. It's so like with the the stuff that's going on with cancel culture i think is very dangerous it is it's dangerous and it it people I participate are, don't get me wrong well, but, but sometimes <laughs> people need to be canceled yes. but i feel like if you're going back 15 well to the beginning of twitter right. to <laughs> because to, i was wilding on twitter yeah then, i had to delete some oh, of my old tweets oh everybody was like, <laughs> i was i think i started my twitter when i was like if a freshman in college yeah. at the height of probably yeah. my alcoholism yeah. or whatever, like I wasn't really an alcoholic, but I was partying. <laughs> I was partying like crazy. Like I was living it up. I was yeah. stayed in a frat all, house. And, but that's like Twitter had no rules back then. Like no yeah. consequences. Like people, and most of the time it was for jokes. Yeah. Like people were just on well, there see, trying to be funny. Exactly. But like, to get back to your question about social media going away right. or anything, I don't think it's going to go anywhere because it has been monetized. People have figured out a way to build mm, brands, brands and, and businesses off of this. That's it's not true. going anywhere. It's, it's not going anywhere. It may evolve into different kind of apps that people like at the time, but I I, I don't think that – I think that Facebook is going to fall off eventually. Thank, thank I do. God. It needs to. I do to. think that, that Facebook is such a is corrupt fall. fucking – I really wouldn't have a Facebook is. if I didn't – if it wasn't for my job. Yeah. That shit is so corrupt. I don't even like posting on there, honestly. I mean, I use it to keep up with like yeah. aunties and like old classmates yeah. and shit like that. But oh my God, the, what bad. they're doing to people is fucking mm-hmm. ridiculous. And we have no idea. And it's like, like when they were grilling Mark Zuckerberg, it's like, you expect people to understand these terms and conditions? Yeah. Like, don't tell me I agreed to this shit when you know I didn't read it. <laughs> you know I didn't read it. It was 64 pages yeah. in fine print of legalese. Well, oh my God. Did you, okay, back like a month or two ago, after the Area 51 bullshit. <laughs> Wait, what time is it? Do we go? <laughs> I don't what know. What day is it? I what day no are we idea. supposed to storm? I but forgot like, we're supposed to. That's September we were supposed to go. What is September? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shoot y'all motherfuckers right in the field. <laughs> but like everyone was doing that fa- that face aging app oh, where they it. like <laughs> gave like this Russian company permission uh, to use yes! like all of their information. Yes, I definitely I did, not did it. Do and it. then I deleted the app right after once I heard it. I was like, oh, let me delete this fucking app. But once you delete an app on your sketchy. iPhone, it never really goes away. Yeah. Because you can just re download yes. the data. And like, I. You can go like to your iCloud and see like all mm, of every the app you've ever yeah. downloaded. Oh, yeah. That shit is scary, mm-hmm. fam. I mean, honestly, it's like obviously the way I have to look at it, getting back to anxiety, is because if we think about this shit so much, 
literally you'll want to jump off a bridge because mm-hmm. shit is sick out here so like how i always yeah. approach things is like what can i control yeah like i'm not a criminal i'm not doing anything crazy so if the government gets my information it's fucked up but yeah what can they really do yeah. i mean unless they start chaining us up and shit like on some yeah. handmaid's tell shit but you know <laughs> at the end of the day at this very moment like we don't know what they're doing with that shit yeah. and like i can only just continue to live my goddamn exactly, life exactly exactly like, that's, that's all, all i can do. do like i feel like the world has always been a fucked up place. yes and if you go back like it's a caveman days i mean you could walk out of your cave and get eaten by a tiger like any day <laughs> like you go back to like the medieval times yeah. and like you could Game be sleep at night shit. and some people come through and like slice your shit yeah, up. yeah. just like kill everyone in your little village yeah. yeah but now it's so in your face because we have social media yeah because the the news that took a year to travel from you know, around yeah. the world now takes <laughs> when you had to walk five minutes <laughs> with a foot of fucking raven or whatever. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I wish I man, I wish we can go back to those days. Like Trump says something. Let me know next week. Cause I don't have, to- <laughs> <laughs> I know. let I me know in a month what he says he can send his messages out that way because I just don't understand how they're still allowing him to tweet. Let's talk a little bit about <laughs> politics. Okay? Okay, 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 because okay. you, on my forever politics bay and let me tell you something so i don't know if we got really into it but me and patrice used to work together at a tv station down in west virginia and i was mm-hmm. a reporter and she was my producer and i was like shitty on politics like i never was interested in it i'm still not really interested in it but you just have to be mm-hmm. but it's not something i was ever really passionate about reporting and stuff like that so anytime we had to interview a politician or it was like some political story going on in the town i'm like please break this down for me and she was so <laughs> like on her shit about it so I just want to know what your opinion is on, like, this next election. I want to know... Trump is just doing stuff that's just so unprecedented, Mm -hmm. and I think that's why nobody's able to stop it. Mm -hmm. Like, we never had a plan to stop a president Mm -hmm. from tweeting crazy shit. Like, we never had a plan to stop a president from just saying what the fuck he wanted to Kim Jong-un. Like, what do you think... Where do we go from here? Even if Trump doesn't get reelected, the damage is done, in my opinion. So where the fuck do we go from here? We've never seen anything like this before. Um, You know, I don't know. I think that... You know, everyone said that the 2016 election was the election of a generation. This Absolutely. election coming up? No, this is the one. This this is the one. <laughs> like, this is really the this one. This is the one. Because nobody knew how bad it was going to get. No. In 2016. No. Like, we knew it was going to be bad, but, like, to have the results yeah. is scary. It is scary. And I think that... I get a lot of heat when I say this to like my really like li- like I had friends in Tacoma, Washington, which were the stereotypical liberal mm-hmm. elites that everyone talks about, and I would try to like give them some info from back home because like you know I live I'm com- I'm from Trump country, right? And like I could see like these people who genuinely w- were desperate, yeah, and they believed all these lies, yeah. and they're not bad people. They're yeah. not terrible people, and but they think that this person is going to help them have a better yes. life. So, and he it, spoke their language. And he spoke their language, but I feel like what's happening now is the more the media attacks Trump, the more his supporters like right. race they to him, defend him. Yes. Because they feel like it's an attack on them. It's insane yeah. how much they defend yes. him. And I've like, never seen somebody like yeah. 
with this kind of support. Yeah. Well, I've t- I talked to a friend of mine who's a, a Trump supporter, and I'm and we were talking about this issue. And isn't that weird to even say like a Trump supporter? Like, were you ever like called an Obama supporter? No. Were you no. ever called a Bush supporter? Oh my God, no! Or, I just thought Reagan about supporter? that. Like that's a thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> there's a clear. I think there's a clear distinction between a Trump supporter and a traditional and a Republican, Republican yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but I was talking to them, and they were like trying to explain away like this. I don't even know what we were, t- were we were the issue we were talking about, but they were trying to explain away his actions on it, and I was just like, you. He does not deserve your support. <laughs> you have to yeah. it, defend him yeah. to this extent. And be ashamed. And be ashamed of it. You, He doesn't deserve your support. And then, you know, people love to bring, well, he's helping the economy. Where? How? We're about to go into another because recession. Because he's saying he is? Exactly. Because he's saying he is? When Obama set up the economy for... Like, the thing about... Rep- the, the, the fucked up thing about the two-term thing is, like, it takes so long to actually mm-hmm. enact change. So by the time one president actually gets some shit done, you don't see the effects of it until the next... Yeah. Until the next presidency. So yeah. Trump walks around taking all this credit for shit that Obama put into place. You yeah, know what I mean? he's killing the economy and then right he kill- now. Yeah, and then he reverses he- all of it. Yes. And the, the tariffs... <laughs> The tariffs. Oh my god! Oh my god! And the the stock market is in shambles. Is bitch. in shambles. What does it mean for us to have a recession? Because we were young when that shit, well, the first what? thing happened. Like I we don't got no assets. It, well, see, homes. I, I feel multiple <laughs> ways about this because the the home prices are going to drop really mm. low, and I think it's time for like well, they owe so recession it up because <laughs> us. Fucking with these it's student like, loans, we can't afford yeah. no home anyway. Well, see, I think in this next election, everybody needs to have an open mind. Like, especially people that are on the Republican side, they need to have an open mind about what issues are most important to them. Yeah, like and what and not most- just defending a person. Yeah, not just defending a person because I think that's what it is now. You're you're only defending mm-hmm. Trump, and like there's this idea that one party is controls patriotism mm-hmm, and controls mm-hmm, christianity mm-hmm. and that's not the truth mm-hmm. like it's just not and it's i think it's important for people to like have conversations not like yell at each other Debates, over the internet yeah. And comments. You know, and in, in the comments, like, it's important to have real debates about it. I have a friend who, um, he's a libertarian. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he is a gun, a gun advocate through and through. He sells guns. He teaches people how to use them. And he is very knowledgeable on that issue. And we were talking the other day, like, he thinks that both parties, in terms of guns, like, ha- has it wrong. Mm. Like, that the red flag logs, laws will only make it worse was that tell talk about the rip like well oh gosh um it's basically like if someone um let's say you i don't know you did some some type of minor crime or some minor issue um this is about the background checks yeah okay. background checks and there's a red flag that mm-hmm, pops up mm-hmm. and you can't get a gun right he thinks that that is a just a way to basically phase out guns for people and i'm I'm not like a gun advocate but i do think you should have the right to protect yourself but i don't think anybody everybody shouldn't have a, no everybody should not the have. right to protect themselves. right right <laughs> <laughs> but like no one needs an ar-15 right. i am sorry right. you don't right like that's a weapon to me that's a weapon of war it like, is and i grew up you know in 
BFE in the in the woods and I know a ton of people who are hunters and have you know rifles mm-hmm. and like literally use that to put food on their family's right, table right. and it's different than owning all these guns for bump stocks for, and yeah for what reason no reason so you're pre- you're preparing those are weapons of war and you're preparing for war right for what right and then you know when people give this argument that it's you know having guns to protect yourself from a tier you know tyrannical am i saying that right word right Not tyranny sure. oh yeah 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 to protect yourself from like a government that's trying to you know take over your livelihood or whatever if the government wanted to kill you they it's, would drop done. a bomb yeah. with a drone <laughs> and knock you out you're done. like you're done you're not about to be fucking killing troops no. if they come to <laughs> your door yeah and like i think i think that when that amendment was written it was written for that's really the, the problem and that's really the, the problem shit is not amended enough because we're not even living in the same time that we were four years ago. Nope. So we're living off these old-ass laws with these old-ass judges. Oh, my God. <laughs> with these motherfuckers that have been in power for years and yeah. years and years making these old-ass decisions. And mm-hmm. shit just ain't the same. And I don't understand. What, that, what kills me about that is like, what the fuck I got to lose? Like, you got 10 more years on this planet. Yeah. Like, can you think of somebody else other than yourself? <laughs> like, can you think about our future? Because yeah. none of this even affects you. Oh, like, yeah. if you put this shit in motion for the greater good. Oh, yeah. You I, know what I mean? I think it's time for term limits on Supreme Court justices Hell yeah. and senators. Yeah. For sure. Because yeah. I think that you're there are no new ideas. Yeah. And I think that that needs to happen. And the money has to be taken out of politics. Before so how much of it is done, the NRA, though? paying all these people a lot a lot of it is i mean and then there's it's also just an idea the idea that okay i'm a republican that means i'm also i'm a strong christian (laughs) that means i am a i am a strong patriot Mm -hmm. so it's like this little package Mm -hmm. that they are putting in front of people so if you're this then you have to believe in this and this and this and this And that's what and if you're not, are... you're not a patriot. Exactly. And you if don't, you... and you, you're saying, mm-hmm. and you can go back to your country. Oh yeah. If you're, if you're, <laughs> if you're, um, you know, if you support, if you're pro-choice, then you're you're not Christian. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you're not a patriot, and you don't you want to kill babies. Which is so hypocritical because crazy. they're locking up kids, Mister oh, Mister Christian. My God, they're locking up kids, Mister Christian. I saw this. <laughs> I saw this Facebook post the other day and it was like this girl, she was like talking about abortion, saying how we just had to protect the babies. And I'm like, <laughs> we need to protect the babies that we're currently holding in cages. Right. And we're Let's doing that there. for profit. Right. Because all of these for profit prisons and these like for profit entities that they're not even are, giving these kids you know shots. Money? Yes, they're, and you're making all this money and then not even feeding them, not yep. even giving them proper health care. It's some sick it's shit off- going it on. It is, it is, and it, but like if you think about it, again, it's been happening forever. Yeah, forever in some capacity from slavery yeah. here. Oh, I heard this really good. I, I keep jumping everywhere. It's okay. But I heard this really good like discussion about slavery. And about race in America and why it's so different here than it is anywhere else in the world. And it's Was it on the shop? I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think so. Because LeBron had an episode and he was talking to Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. And now he's from Canada. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how it's so different here yeah. with racism and how like 
white people just refuse to acknowledge yeah. the past. Yeah. And well, how in Canada, I think is it like before a baseball game? Like, you know, we say the Pledge of Allegiance or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know if he was saying like before official things, they just say like one statement that is like, you know, we acknowledge the Native Americans that, you know, we took this land from. Something like that. Oh, it's not wow. the exact thing, but they say that one thing and it's normal. And like, yeah. you know, it's just that inherent thing yeah. to be like, you know, we we know why we're here. And yeah. it's because of, you know, our, our ugly past kind yeah. of thing. So it's like white people here just refuse to believe that yeah. type of shit. Well, like it's... The, the thing, Obviously, it wasn't the shop. Okay, good. So we're <laughs> no, it wasn't that. <laughs> but it was like, it was like they said that America was founded in this idea, like upon racism, that one that you know, it was the first place in the world not to have slavery, but to have a form of slavery where you're inherently born into slavery because of your skin color and your children were enslaved right. because of their skin color right. and forever you right. know on in the family line and there wasn't another place in the world that was like that mm. and that you know with what happened with slavery and it basically built the united states and built the united states economy and we're still seeing that today with these companies that have been around mm -hmm. for you know 200 years jp morgan you know things like that <laughs> where the drugs at jp morgan <laughs> that i mean where's like, that coke that came into philly like that these <laughs> companies were built off the backs of slave yeah. labor and there has been and I, I know there's like the big discussion with reparations right now. We think about but it. That's true. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you do it, but yeah, I don't. I think, think that's what people are having a hard time yeah, conceiving of. Exactly like, how because do we do it? yeah, because who who gets reparations? Yeah. Who pays for reparations? Well, yeah. I, th I think that the companies that you know have benefited traditionally from slave labor that continue to benefit to and even today, prison labor and prison labor need to be the ones that pay. Like I don't think that. That you know the don't take it out of my person, taxes. Yeah, yeah, don't take I'm it out of myself. American taxes. <laughs> to just yeah. pay my damn self. But like <laughs> tax you know, all the white people. <laughs> they be no, no I you want to see a civil war? <laughs> tax them white people to pay us. Stop. Make, let me just walk up to my boss and be like, "Yo, let me get half of that check." See, and I think that's what people are scared of. Yeah. People are scared of that, but uh, that's not realistic. No, you know, no, no, no one's no, gonna no. do that. Mm -hmm. But like. I was listening to that Marianne Williamson uh, oh, yeah. interview and she was saying it's something it until that, you know, reparations happens, this like will never be equal. It will never be it will never On be an equal right, playing right. Field. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't know how you do it. How I don't do know you, how do you do it? Is it like money? Is it land? Is it stocks it's, and bonds? Like what is it? It's it's, and but it all comes it? down to opportunity, right? Because we can have all the money in the world and still go to the bank and get denied for a loan. Oh, my God. And we can have all the money in the world and still send our kids to the school up the street, which is shitty, and the school doesn't yeah. have any resources. I mean, it's all so systematic. Oh you Did can you have know? all the money in the world and still go to the hospital, yeah. and all of our women are getting killed because we're not getting paid attention to. Like, you oh know what God. I mean? It's just so that many things. so It's much. terrible. It's terrible. Did you know about redlining, like, yeah, a little years bit. before? I never knew anything about it until recently. I like, only heard about it because when I was working in New Jersey, we were about to do this big story or whatever, but they were talking about it in Newark and how like you can live because of the redlining in the, from the past, 
you can live on the same street in Newark, maybe like a couple blocks away from each other. And one mom would be making like 80K and the other mom would be making like 20K, like depending yeah. on what street you cross because of, yeah. you know, how they blocked off black people in that city yeah. in the past. And that like, and that still is happening today. Absolutely. Like, let's, let's, let's start there. But that's there. like electoral college oh that leads to God. that. Like, it's, it's, so there is no fucking solution. Honestly, like, this is why you have to continue to live your life because we're yeah. fucking doomed, bitch. <laughs> We're doomed because the hurricanes is coming, the volcanoes is erupting, oh the, t- the twisters is a twisting. <laughs> Sally Mae is calling. Like, We're doomed. <laughs> I just filled out my forbearance. You know I'm about to go. Right, I'm about to go jump off a bridge. I'm right no, back. Because <laughs> I don't see no solution to this shit. But what do just, we do? You just live your life and you do what it's makes you up. happy and you love the people that are around you and yeah. you you have experiences and you yeah. share love and you support other people and that's all you can do. How have you dating back to you growing up in rural West Virginia <laughs> as a black woman? How was what was that like for you? What was that like? Fitting into those spaces where, I mean, generally when I met you, you had a lot of white friends. Yeah. But it was like, there wasn't a lot of black people in Bluefield, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So like, who else would you have hung with? You know what I mean? Your yeah. boyfriend right now is white. Like, yeah. how have you managed to keep your blackness? Because that's something I always mm-hmm. admired about you because mm-hmm. we can still have a conversation about Nicki Minaj or whatever the case yeah. may be when we were of at course. work. Even though you hung with some of these white people that maybe not have listened to hip hop and yeah. stuff all the time, and you were reading Charlemagne's book and shit, I'm like, okay, well, she's still for the people, even though she's in this environment that you very could have could have came out like this. <laughs> you could have turned out like one of these. Well, you know, I think that for me, growing up where I grew up, I grew up in an area where we were all I'm very low income. Mm-hmm. And it was all of us. It wasn't just the black group. It was mm, it was a lot of white people too. So there was too. no separation. And there wasn't this like huge separation. And like that goes back to like why you know racism is kind of prevalent in rural areas because you know back when um, they released the slaves in the Jim Crow era, it was you know the rich people, the rich white people would tell poor white people, well at least you're better than them. Yeah, and that's where this idea that everyone in the South is racist mm-hmm. and all of this. But I really grew up not, and I'm just like I really didn't notice it until mm. I got older. Until I got like in late middle school, early high school, and I I w- went to a church that was predominantly black. Always, my whole family was black, and like I just I don't know. I just kind of lived. It was just the way I lived, and I mm-hmm. just had friends. Like I never really I didn't, saw them as your white friends. Right, they were just your friends, right? And I still don't. Right. I still don't. And it's I, I don't know. Maybe it's just where I you know how I grew up that way. We were you know I never had anyone. Um, say they couldn't be my friend because I was black mm-hmm. or any or make this big thing. Like, I, of course, I dealt with uh, like, you know, people saying the N word. It's you know, a few times in my life, but I don't think I don't know. I don't think I ever it was I never really felt that overt mm-hmm. racism to my face. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like that, too. Going on, like when people were like, oh, you're in West Virginia. How was that? And I'm like, yeah. people were actually really nice. to Yeah. Me. And it was surprising, and I was nervous as fuck about it because yeah. I was, you know, knocking on people's doors asking for interviews, and they had a fucking Trump or a, yeah. a Confederate flag in their in their um, <laughs> driveway. Yeah. But they were never rude to my yeah. face. Yeah. Probably when I walked away, they was like, "Damn, that nigger girl had a lot of questions." <laughs> but they were never mean to my face, and I always appreciated that. 
<laughs> what did you say they were calling when I left the station? Like, what happened to the black girl? Yeah, they missed you. <laughs> That's no, hilarious. I think, I think that. But how did you still stay in tune with like our culture and stuff? Even know. though your your core group of friends were not in that culture. I think that. I don't know. Or were they? Or did you I have white know. friends that like loved hip hop too? You know what I mean? Like that yeah. happens. I think, I, I really think it comes down to the people that I was around. We were all on the same level economically. Mm-hmm. And wow. we, I really think that's what it came down to. There wasn't this huge difference in, in that area. Um, but I don't know. I, th- I hate that. I, f- I feel like I've felt more like, overt racism as an adult woman mm. than I ever did mm. as a younger mm-hmm. kid. I really do. Like I've I I've I've gone into stores back home and like felt people following me Stand. around stores yeah. and yeah. like yeah. I've seen like if I went grocery shopping and had a ton of groceries, like people looking at me sideways thinking I'm paying with my groceries mm-hmm. and food stamps and everything. But like I <laughs> The I, nerve. My <laughs> fuckers down there love food stamps. <laughs> the nerve <laughs> no but really i think that the only issues that i really had growing up is i had one guy in particular that i dated for a little bit and then uh his parents said he couldn't date me anymore mm, because i was black yeah wow yeah. yeah so that was i mean how old were you when that happened i was in high school i was a freshman in high school wow and that the interesting thing about it was i ended up that kitty ass relationship like we can't yeah, just yeah, date yeah, you yeah. thought yeah. we're about to get married like get the fuck out of here well like <laughs> the the funny thing is that um i hope these people don't listen to this mm, podcast they won't. but um and even if they do <laughs> i became really good friends with this guy's brother and sister uh, and like was around his family a lot right but like but he ran away him. wow he ran away and i don't think he's been seen since what this is like <laughs> <laughs> that took a crazy left this nigga disappeared <laughs> wow that's a little crazy okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah that's what, like when taylor and i first started dating i it's like something what's like, it like being in a relationship as a black woman you no know, what's it like because you this isn't the first white guy you've dated no no no, not at all <laughs> but a long-term relationship yeah oh absolutely um i think th- the most difficult part comes from people like just assuming things about mm-hmm. us like mm-hmm. assuming that i'm subservient or mm-hmm. assuming that he is you know a fetish, fetish yeah a or fetish something. or something mm-hmm. like that and you know that that's that's kind of hurtful um but i got re i feel like i got really blessed with him um when we first started like dating he told me that um he like we spent every weekend together since we have been together Mm -hmm. except for like two um but one of those weekends he like went to a memorial service for his uncle who had passed away and he told me that he had you know told his family about me and i was just like um did you also (laughs) tell them everything about me yeah how did you describe me he's like well i showed them pictures (laughs) and he has uh, like he really has the best family. That's His nice. mom is probably the sweetest person nice. and the nicest woman I've ever met in my life. She is just like she's just a lovely person, and I've never felt uncomfortable nice at all. And he, you know, in an interracial relationship, like you kind of he sees things f- 
new for the first time being with me like mm. sometimes and like i me like i see things differently with him sometimes like for example one thing that i have dealt with um growing up would be like be in a group of friends and like people would think it would be funny to like just bring up like a, a black stereotype like something <laughs> like yeah like something about like watermelon or something yeah microaggressions so like a couple Shit of that'll weeks. get you slapped in 2019. Yes. <laughs> but like I was at this um party not too long ago. My boyfriend was with me and they had they it was like a barbecue and like they had this guy was like passing out watermelon and everybody was taking it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know where this goes. And I was like I was like I you know I'm good. I don't want any. And this girl was like you're black and you don't want any? And I was like, no. And oh, it kind of just. I would have had to whip her ass. Yeah, see, see <laughs> things, I've dealt with things like that. And it just, it's not worth it to me it's to be not. upset. I'm just going to separate myself from you. And yeah. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to be a part of see, that. See, and how do you deal with that? Because she, and the thing, that's the fucked up thing about microaggressions, especially like in the workplace is like, mm-hmm. she probably really didn't mean to offend you. She, I don't think she did. She was being so harmless, but, like, but shit, that was ignorant as fuck. Yeah. And you need to be checked you on need that. To, you need to know better. I feel like. In 2019, you should know better. Right. So that's why I would have maybe not slapped her, but I would have had to say something like, damn, that was racist as fuck. And she would have been like, oh my God, I didn't mean it. Oh my God. Did you see um, the news reporter that called her (gasps) co-anchor? Oh my God. Oh my God. And was like, I'm so sorry that I offended you. And I'm like, I'm so sick of these fucking white apologistic tears. Like, no, you're not sorry. You're sorry because you faced backlash from it. You're sorry because there were consequences. Because if nobody said anything about it and you watched that clip back, you would have laughed about it and went on about your fucking yeah. day i don't think that she i really don't think that she meant it racist <laughs> and that's the problem but that's, that's the, the problem exactly because that's exactly. why all these people are walking around like i'm not racist i'm not racist and it's like you don't have to call me a nigger to my face to be considered racist yeah. you can be prejudiced you can have racist ideals and yeah. some of that shit is just inherent like you yeah. grew up that way it's if you're never exposed to black people and you are only fed what the media and stereotypes know, then that's what you think about these people. Yeah. It's just like all inherent environmental shit. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's but any it's fucking to, better. Like, yeah. how do we fix that shit? It's time to unlearn some of that stuff. Yeah. It is, it's but they need to time. want to because if they don't think yeah. it's wrong, then how can you unlearn it? Yeah. You know? No, you're absolutely right. And like with the, the lady that I was talking about, um, Taylor was with me at the time. Oh my God. And that night we got home and he was like, you could just tell like something was like off with him and he was like did that he was like did that kind of make you mad but he's like so it kind of made me mad <laughs> he was like it kind of made me mad and i was like yeah yes, it I was absolutely like, did but, like, but we're so used to taking these blows yeah, yeah. and that's, that's what i was explaining to him i was like yeah like it was irritating and stuff but it wasn't something i was gonna like you know ruin my whole day ruin the whole, yeah i'm gonna go on like i i honest to god like, I think about this all the time. Like, I think if someone randomly, like, in the store, like, said something like that to me, like, I'm not going to give them what they want. Mm-hmm. They want my reaction. I'm right, because then them you're the reaction. angry black girl who just exactly. snapped out. Exactly. Oh, I hate like, that shit. Like, there's no space for us to be mad, like, on some salon oh shit. Like, God. you had the right to be mad Do right then and there. you remember? You would have been okay oh, yeah. to slap her at that moment. <laughs> like, that would have been fine. But we can't do that because we have to hold up this fucking image and not feed into quote-unquote stereotypes. Mm. And then we, what do we do with that emotion? You tuck it. Oh, yeah. And it's not fair. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just, I honestly, like, try, I have been removing myself from situations like that and from people like that. Like, I'm not... I, I don't have any time for it. I need, lo- like, 
people who genuinely care about me. And if you genuinely care about me, like the first thing you see about me is not going to be my skin color. Like it's really not. And I think one other thing that bothers me right now is that there are allies out there. Yeah. And it's not, I think that it's important to not push allies away Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if you know anything about Amanda Seals. Yeah. I don't like her. Yeah. I do not like Um, her. Like I'm not a fan. I think that, who did she try she to? She does def- a lot. She does a lot. And, and I, she said- she's funny. So it's it's hard for me with Amanda Seals because like she is a comedian. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to. She's like a comedian that also tries to be Angela Rye. Like you can't be both, right? Like yeah. you're either fucking serious about yeah. these issues or you're doing it for entertainment and yeah. joke values. But I did love her HBO special. So it's like it. <laughs> I didn't watch it because I was yeah. just so turned off by some I of the things I don't like her podcast. I mean, she does a lot, and I feel like she jumps the gun. And she's kind of built a lot of her career on, I mean, but she studied African-American history in college and she got like her master's in that shit. So it's like, you know, she is very researched and she's not just pulling shit out of her ass. But is her approach always right? Like, probably not. Yeah. No. And I think that, I think the reason I don't like her is because I don't like people thinking that black people are a monolith. Tell me what that means, because, bitch, I don't know that word. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thinking that every black person has the same experience. And that's not true. Like, we were talking about me growing up in in the South, in, like, this little town in West Virginia. Like, my experience is different than someone who grew up in Brooklyn or someone who grew up in D.C. It's so different. And thinking that every black person, even if you are black, thinking that every black person thinks the way that you do, It's not, it's it, to me, or that's should just think as the bad. way that or you should do. think the way you do, right? You're cooning or whatever. Yeah, the case may be. like yeah. I can't get with it. I really can't. I literally, like, I don't, I don't have all the answers when it comes to race. I really don't. Like, I, I don't just think wish that we does. would, I just wish that people would chill the fuck out. My thing is this like, when it comes to arguing with a racist, like, you're not gonna change their fucking Mm-mm. mind. Like, I used to go back and forth in some comments and stuff like that, but it's like, People are going to believe what the fuck they want to believe. Yeah. And honestly, like, fuck them. But I'd be having a little bit of sympathy for them. Like, oh, damn. Yeah. Like, how could you waste so much time, uh, energy, and brain power? Yeah. Like, to put all of that into that nasty-ass comment about some shit that has nothing to do with you, doesn't yeah. affect you, but you just really felt good. Mm-hmm. You got some type of response in your body from yeah. getting that out on paper and saying yeah. whatever you had to yeah. say. It's like... I couldn't imagine that experience yeah. living with that. Like you're going straight to hell, so I feel <laughs> bad. Like damn. Yeah. And then you're passing out on your kids. kids. Like that. That's terrible yeah. for them. That's a bad look. And I think that's what white people need to fucking recognize. Is like that's that's a bad look for y'all. Like that's yeah. not healthy. Like y'all are gonna. That's not gonna last no. much longer living like that. Like that's is. that's terrible yeah it's like damn you really feel like that you really had to say that yeah like there was um antoine antoine rose happened last year r.i.p and it recently came out like there was a protest or whatever down like on the north shore and some guy ran his car through some protesters (gasps) i don't think he killed anybody maybe hurt somebody but it just came out that he was sentenced like maybe a couple weeks ago and he got sentenced to like some probation or some shit like no jail time and everybody's on the comments and it's like, good, you should have locked up those people that were blocking the roads. Like, he shouldn't have been punished at all. Like, good for him. And it's like, how could you say that? How, how could you, you say so that? Hateful? And I think that's, that's like, do you think, okay, do you think that racism is mental illness? Yes, absolutely. You think so? Absolutely. But it's not an it's excuse. It's not an excusable exactly. one. 
But absolutely, because yeah. it's it's a learned behavior, and yeah. it's something it's an obsessive behavior. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's something that people stand by and really feel. And it's like your brain. Tra- like signals go off when you yeah. see somebody of another race or you hear about something yeah. to make you think a certain way that's yeah. all yeah that's oh. all mental because it's so automatic yeah. for them to say some ugly shit it's like damn did you yeah. even think about that before you t- retweeted that shit out like <laughs> it's disgusting like fucking tommy laren's stupid uh, ass well she she's doing this for money <laughs> she's it's so, for yeah no money. honestly like, yeah. i don't even take her seriously you and, can't, I wish and people, people keep giving her attention yeah too. the shade room uh, well every time she does something the stupid they put her like why are you putting her on there like that is ridiculous because the shade room is toxic and they gonna get the clicks and the comments and get paid for it Mm -hmm. and that's a whole nother different story so we gotta wrap up in a second but anything i know anything else you wanted to talk about we hit on a lot of topics i love this conversation we can continue it anytime and we have well, and we were like, stuff. let's save that for the podcast, bitch. We've been talking forever. <laughs> what have we saved? Yeah, yeah. I we just... can continue this conversation anytime. Even when you go, I know there's like this. Um, I had did a podcast for my friend Joe, and he has like some type of system where you can interview like over the. It's like some recording thing, and you call into this this one number, yeah. and they'll record our conversation or something. So we can continue this anytime. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get yeah, that off of him. But, I um, just I want to close with saying that I just think I not to sound like a pageant princess, but I think that <laughs> the answer to all things is love. Literally, it really is. It, it is. really is loving the people around you, loving you know what you do every day, loving yourself. That's loving where yourself it is most important. That is where it starts. And I think because that, then that watermelon comment rolls off your yeah. That, your chest. I mean, it really did, and like it. I don't know. It hit, hit like Taylor mm-hmm. more than it hit me, mm-hmm. and I think that because like we're we're from two different mm-hmm. you know places and two different cultures, kinda he like kind of saw something that he had not been exposed not, to or not noticed. Because not if noticed, you weren't his yeah. girlfriend, he might not have even paid attention to that comment. Right. You know what I mean? You're somebody that he cares about, yeah. So he might have been hearing this shit all the time, but it didn't affect him. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like when stuff doesn't affect you the, personally, it's yeah. different. And that's that's another thing. We need to like start having empathy. Have, yeah, having empathy for other people and you, trying to feel where other people are coming from. That's the thing. You don't have too. to agree with everyone yeah. to have empathy for them and try to but, understand. And yeah. that's what's the main thing is. It's like I don't understand what it's like to be a racist Trump supporter. I just don't. I don't want to <laughs> understand it. But it's like they don't try to understand what it's like being grown up you know in the hood and having yeah. police killing us and stuff like yeah. that so it's just like i don't it's unreal it like is. i for me like at a certain i can't watch those videos with people when you know these young men getting killed i can't because i, I literally right see i see my nephew yeah. i see my dad i see my brother i see my son yeah. like i can't like i cannot look at that and like i think that until the issue of until people understand where like police like came from came from they're not going to understand why <laughs> there is a inherent distrust systematic a systematic issue yeah we're Maybe wrapping that. up Elliot. Sorry. <laughs> he's like let me peek one back in here and see we're almost <laughs> done okay thank you patrice so much tell us again Thanks. where we can find you your okay. blog your instagram all, all right. things um my blog is www.patriceofmind.com my instagram is patrice of wait patrice of mind 
Um, my Twitter is Patrice of Mind. And I think that's it. Okay. Oh, and my podcast, Patrice, yes. the Patrice of Mind. Where can podcast. we find your podcast? You can find my podcast on Apple Podcast or Spotify. I'm uh, not Spotify. Um, SoundCloud. Get your stuff on Spotify, girl. They give you back the metrics. They tell you who listens, <sighs> so when they listen. It, well, okay. it was two clicks. I thought it was going to be difficult because the iTunes one was very. Oh difficult. yeah, getting that up. The Spotify one was soon as you have that RSS feed and you plug it in there. It's super easy. Oh. They tell you like how long somebody listened. They Ooh. tell you like if they listened to it, if they downloaded, it, if they paused it, what day what time all that yeah. shit like mean, apple only tells you like how many devices registered it or some shit is stupid but yeah get on spotify <laughs> Fucking <laughs> apple. Uh, thank you so much again thank you guys yes. for listening to this episode and yeah we'll see you guys next week